Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Believe it or not, I am half German, yeah? Half German. And so, um, considering I've been such a sceptic of the European Union in the past, it's quite laughable, really, that I'm probably more European than all of you. But um, growing up for us, my mum was a German, and so what we would do is we would celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, which was wonderful, because I got to open my presents before any of my friends did. We used to open them on Christmas Eve in the evening. And so... We look through the lens of Christmas in different ways. I quite like watching a bit of, um, on a Sunday night when we get home from Lim, on Channel 5 sometimes there's these kind of of brain-dead documentaries. And one of them is that they compared Harrods Christmas food with Audi Christmas food. Now, I, I used to work across the road to Harrods in Knightsbridge in West London. I used to work in a bank from the age of 16 to 19. And so I used to go into the Harrods food halls and I would, I, I would scrape enough money together to buy a cake, yeah? That's about all I could ever afford to buy in Harrods, a cake. But Harrods is this massive, really kind of upmarket store in the west of London and it's known for being really expensive. And so they create this TV program where they take Harrods food and they compare it with Audi food and they get some professional tasters in the room to see if we can taste the original Harrods food and kind of can we tell which is which. The thing that's really pleasing to me as a passionate Audi uh, shopper now is that they can't tell the difference between like the Harrods original, Harrods being established in 1849 by Charles Henry Harrod, and they can't, so for example, the Audi Christmas pudding, like it tastes better than the Harrods Christmas, I mean how good is that? I mean that is a victory for the working class, isn't it? You know what you can do with your Harrods Christmas pudding? Yeah, well they know what they can do with it, yeah. And then and then advent calendars. Harrods brought out this advent calendar that was 65 pounds. And Audi brought out a copy for £8.99. And you couldn't tell the difference between them. The reason I say those things is that what can happen is that as the years go by and as we kind of have these different Um, impressions of Christmas put onto us, that actually what can happen is we lose sight of what the original Christmas was all about. Now listen, some of those things I've talked about today, they're great. I love it that family get together. I love it that we enjoy some food together. I love it that we exchange gifts. But all of those things, they're not what it's about. It's about the original Christmas. And so this morning, I want to take us back to the original Christmas. Uh, Luke chapter 2, if you have a Bible, I'll read it to you. And really, as we, as we look at the original Christmas this morning, I don't want to take away from anything that you will do this Advent season, because I think those things are important. But one thing that my parents did for us as children every year, and I would encourage parents to do the same, 
is every year as part of the kind of ceremony or what we did, the tradition as a family, is every year we would take a moment and we would read these scriptures together from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. We, as kids growing up, there were five of us. I told you before we lived in Darjanham, which is Dagenham, yeah, and um, in East London. I was an Essex boy growing up. And, um, and, and so in amongst all that we did together, there was just this moment where we read the Bible. It took about three or four minutes to do. But what it did every year, it reminded us as children that all of this is great, but the reason we do what we do is because of what happened in Luke chapter 2. And what it helped, it's helped me over the years to have some perspective on life and um, on what we do. So Luke chapter 2 is kind of the classic Christmas narrative about what actually happened the first Christmas. This is what happened. Like, this is the real deal. This is the original. This is authentic. This is genuine. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to just look at three things that the angels said on that first Christmas. We're going to unpack them one by one. And as we do that, I, I do that this morning to remind us of what Christmas is about, yeah? The Christmas can be about all of this. That's fine. But... We have to remember where it comes from and what we compare everything back to. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee and Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just 
as they had been told. You see, the original Christmas was when Christ was born. And what the angels said over baby Jesus or to the shepherds that night, anything else is a poor copy. And I want you to get that this Advent season, yeah? If anyone tries to replace the narrative of the Christ of Christmas, it's just a poor copy. In a taste test, it would not weigh up. You will be able to taste the two because what we do is we take our lead from Scripture. We take our flow from the original. And so the first thing is this. Thanks, Ben. The first thing that we look at this evening is as we look at the original Christmas, we see the inclusivity of Jesus. When the angels appeared, they said these these words in verse 10. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For who? For all the people. And listen, if we seek to celebrate any kind of Christmas that seeks to keep people out, we're missing the spirit and the heart of the gospel. And what those angels declared on that first Christmas on the hills of Bethlehem as they were looking after their sheep. Jesus' birth, it was no accident that really it was announced to people who were outsiders. Like these were not, these were not the cream of the crop. Like these were lowly shepherds. These were people that would have probably been paid the minimum wage. These are people who, who, would, be, who would be doing the jobs that no one else wanted to do. These were the guys who were doing the night shift. These were the people that wouldn't have the particular influence that might be held in a place like the temple where worship would take place. But yet, when the angels appeared that first Christmas, they chose to demonstrate the fact that this gospel message, as we step into this Christmas season, is one of inclusivity. And I'm not afraid to use that word. That word is misused in many ways, that if you're not inclusive, like you hate people, yeah? That's not true. Like The gospel is inclusive, that anyone can come to Christ. But listen, Life Church, we come to Christ as we are, not as we want, yeah? All of us, we have issues and challenges that we have to work through. We don't come to Jesus because we're perfect. We come to him because we recognize that we need him. And so if people, we, the, the gospel that we see in that first Christmas, it was one of, the, as the angels announced that first original Christmas, the vocabulary that they used was that it was for who? It was for all the people. It was for everyone. And I think the challenge to us, Life Church, is this, that we mustn't water down the original Christmas. If it was for all the people then, you better believe, Life Church, today as followers of Jesus, if we follow the original narrative, the original heart of what those angels proclaimed on that mountainside in Bethlehem as the Son of God became flesh and lived amongst us, if the message was 2,000 years ago that it was for all the people, we... As, as the church today, we have to make sure that we proclaim the same gospel. That it's for all the people. Like, let's not say people's nose for them. Let's not say, oh, well, they wouldn't be interested because they're too busy. 
Or they wouldn't be interested because they're not educated enough. Or they wouldn't be interested because they're too rich. Or they wouldn't be interested because they're too intelligent, yeah? Let's not rule anyone out. If we're going to be people that carry the message of the original Christmas, the same message that those angels proclaim that it's for all the people, guess what, Life Church? That's our message this morning, that it's for all the people. And as we do that, as we position our hearts towards all the people, there's this sense that the gospel invites everyone in, that we come as we are and we allow the gospel to chip bits off our lives that don't need to be there. So the first thing is that the original Christmas was and it demonstrated the inclusivity of Jesus. The second thing is that the gospel, the original Christmas, demonstrated the humanity of Jesus. And this was so important if, the, if, if what Jesus was coming to do was going to be successful. The Bible says in verse 12, again, this is what the angels said in that original Christmas. They said these words, A saviour has been born to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The amazing thing about the original Christmas, we mustn't lose this, is this, that the the humanness of God came down to be with us. That the Son of God from eternity, who was there, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the Son who was there right at the start in Genesis chapter 1, where the, the, the Trinity of God said, let us make man in our own image, yeah? The same Son of God was, that was there was the one that was born into Bethlehem. That The Son of God became Jesus 2,000 years ago when he was born as a baby into the world. John chapter 1 verse 14 in the Message Bible says this. It says, Jesus pitched his tent amongst us and we have beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only Son of God. Of God. So how do we get God in a manger? How does that happen? Well, there's, a, there's this, a, the word doctrine, don't be afraid if anyone at the front ever says the word doctrine, yeah? You don't need to be intimidated by that, okay? All a doctrine is, is a set of beliefs. It's what we believe, yeah? And there's another great theological term for you to remember today, okay? This is the term, are you ready? Hypostatic union. Okay, repeat after me. I'll say it again. I want you to say it again. Hypostatic union. One more time. Hypostatic union. Hypostatic union simply means this. That Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. That's what it means, hypostatic. You can impress people today when you go home. You say to them, you know what hypostatic union is? It's the fact that Jesus, when he was born in a manger, he was fully God and he was fully man. Those two things came together. And why is that important? That's important because if God was going to redeem you and me from our sin, from the things that we had done wrong, he first of all had to become subject to the law that me and you are subject to, whereas We mess up because we fail, we sin, we rebel. Jesus didn't do that. So Jesus was born under the law, 
But because he was perfect and didn't break the law, his sacrifice can redeem you and me who have broken the law. In the Bible, it says it like this in Galatians 4 that Sarah read earlier. But when the time set had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoptions as sons. You see, the humanity of Jesus is really important because the fact that he was fully God and fully man, some people will just want to emphasize the fact that he was fully human. Yeah, they say, well, Jesus, he was just a man. We don't believe that. Other people will just want to tell you that, you know, the Son of God was, was kind of just God. But that's not true either, because otherwise the scripture couldn't be fulfilled. The fact is this morning that Jesus was fully God and he was fully man in order that he could redeem us. And so when that angel announced that news 2,000 years ago, he reminded the shepherds that night that a saviour has been born. I mean, it's amazing to think that Jesus would be in a manger like that, just as a baby. But the reason why it was done that way is because scripture and the law needed to be fulfilled. Another angel said these words to Joseph, uh, Jesus' earthly father. The angel said these words, that Mary will give birth to a son and, you're to, and you are to call him Jesus. For he will save people from their sins. And the original Christmas, it reminds us that all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of God's standard. But you know what? We don't need to be afraid of that. Because that's not where God leaves us. We have sinned and we fall short of God's glory. But because of what Jesus did, because he came, we can know what it is to be saved from our sinfulness we deserved to be eternally thrown away from God. But because, of, because, because the Son of God came, was born under the law, fulfilled the law, and gave himself for you and me, we can know what it is to have eternal life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so... In this original Christmas, why is this important to us? It's important to us because if God came down and lived a perfect life as a man in order that he could redeem you and me, if that's true, and I believe it is, and I believe that's what the Bible says, then it demands a response from us. And I think this is the thing that people... Sometimes they want to put their own lens of Christmas on. They want to busy Christmas up. They want to kind of remove Jesus from the center of Christmas and have their own spin on it and do their own things. Because if you begin to unpack the narrative of what the angels said on that hillside to those shepherds 2,000 years ago, and you begin to understand that the Son of God, who was there at the beginning, who caused creation to happen, if it was that that the Son of God in Jesus pitched his tent amongst us and lived amongst us, then that's not something you can ignore. Like you can't ignore that. 
If you really believe that and understand that, what it does, it demands a response from you. That either you come and you say, Lord, I need to be forgiven. I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of your standard. But thank you that, that the gift of God is eternal life because of what Jesus has done for me. Either we have to accept that or we have to walk away and say that's not for me. But what it does do, it demands a response. The humanity of Jesus. And then the final thing this morning... We see in what the angels said in that original Christmas, is the gener- we see the generosity of Jesus. What did the angels say to those shepherds 2,000 years ago? They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And this morning, Life Church. We will exchange presents and gifts this Christmas, and it's lovely to do that. And I trust all of us get something for Christmas that brings us some joy. For me, it tends to be Diet Coke and cheese. I mean, if ever there was a contradiction in terms, I mean, there it is straight away. Diet Coke and cheese. You ask my kids, what are you going to buy your dad for Christmas? Diet Coke and cheese. It's better than socks, though, eh? But there will be gifts exchanged this Christmas. But let me tell you this morning... That the generosity of Jesus is, is expressed in this original Christmas, and it's that word peace. Peace is, the peace with God is the most precious commodity that any of us can enjoy, yeah? Peace with God is expressed to us because of what Jesus has done for us. Paul, writing to the church in Rome, in Romans 5 verse 1, he said this, Therefore... Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. When those angels on that hillside, that first Christmas, that original Christmas, what they proclaimed that night was that there was peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he said these words, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And it's beyond explanation what, what God has gifted us through Jesus. And we mustn't think today, Life Church, that just because someone is alive on the earth, that they, they are at peace with God. If we tell people that, we're not being true to them. That's, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we experience peace with God when we make peace with him. And when we say sorry, when we repent of our sinfulness, we are made right with God. We are at peace with God. And uh, in John chapter 1, that lovely passage that describes that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John reminds us of this, that to as many as received him... To those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're only a child of God this morning, not because you're born. You're only a child of God this morning, the Bible says, if you've believed on his name. And that's a challenge for all of us this Christmas time. Am I a child of God? Are you a child of God this morning? Listen, you, you can be. Everyone can be. It's an, it's an inclusive gospel. that God invites anyone to come as they are to him. And allow him by his spirit to work in them. And that this, the Bible says this morning 
that as many as received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. This morning, you can be a child of God. There's nothing stopping you. All you need to do is you, you are to believe on the name of Jesus. And it's because of the generosity of Jesus that you and me, at no cost to ourselves, it's a free gift. We remind ourselves this morning that the original Christmas, the greatest gift that was given was the gift of Jesus. And what we receive because of God's gift, Jesus, is me and you can experience peace with God. I'm at peace with God today. Not because I'm better than anyone in the room. yeah. Not because I'm a better person than you. I've sinned. I've made mistakes in my life. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, because I have received him as my Lord and Savior, I've believed on his name, this morning I can tell you that I'm at peace with God. I'm at peace with God. And so this Christmas time, Life Church, as we reflect on the Christmas story again, when we see what the shepherds heard and experienced, like we just remind that, and I'd encourage you to read that narrative of Luke 2. Read it again and again and again. Just remind yourselves and remind your family of what this Christmas season is all about. We'll enjoy our tasting. We'll enjoy the different lenses that we see Christmas through. But we remember and we reflect on the original Christmas this morning, that God came in human skin for everyone. And the gift that he offers all of us is peace with God because of what he has done. And the final thought this morning is just as those shepherds heard that news, it's lovely the response that they had as they experienced the Christ child in the manger, as they found the, as they found the baby as the angels said they would find. That was almost like the endorsement. It, all, it, it gave authenticity to what the angels had said to them on the hillside that day. The Bible says that they spread the news. They didn't put their slant on it. They didn't tell people what they, they had their ideas about. They didn't kind of even really talk about what they saw. The Bible's really clear. In those verses, the Bible says that as the, angel, as the shepherds went, the Bible says they went and they told what they had been told about this child. What they had been told. What had they been told? They had been told that this child was for all the people. Yeah, um, they, they had been told that um, this was the Son of God being born in flesh. They had been told that because of this child, peace was coming. And so people, people won't be amazed by your version of Christmas. Yeah? If you tell them about your version of Christmas, they'll go, oh, that's nice. That's nice that you do that, and it's nice that you do that, and it's nice that you celebrate that, and uh, it's nice that you do that with your family. They're all nice things. The thing that we need to talk about is that Christ was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years, and because of that, each one of us can know what it is to be at peace with God. That's a wonderful message for us to carry. It's the original message of Christmas. It's the message that will be preached at the Warrington Wolf Stadium a week on Thursday. And that gives me great joy, having lived in Warrington for 25 years, to be part of that with those of us that are going to be there. And that's the same message that will be preached here 
not just this Christmas, but it will be preached every week next year, yeah? This message that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that Jesus is our salvation, God's gift to us. Yeah, Father, this morning we thank you again for these scriptures that we reflect on that can become so familiar to us. But Lord, this morning we just remind one another of what it is you've done for us, how you've made a way for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you, we thank you, Son of God, that you came in the form of Jesus and that you were born as a man, just like we experience living. Uh, But Lord, you lived a, a sinless, perfect life. Thank you that you died upon the cross for us. Thank you that you rose again three days later. Thank you, Lord, that you are living and alive today and that you live in us by your Spirit. And I pray that this Christmas time that we will recognize that you are in us and that you are with us, that you will give us a sense of courage and boldness as we unashamedly and with great confidence share the original Christmas when Jesus was born as a child. Lord, I pray that we won't shy away from that. But Lord, we will gloriously, with great pride, talk about the Christ of Christmas as we enjoy time together this Christmas time. Yeah, Lord, let these things, let them sink and take root in our hearts in order that we might be great representatives of you. Yeah, Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.